Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. We'll pick up at verse 17 this morning. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible, but with God all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive 100 times as much now in the present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms, along with, uh, <coughs> along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and the hearing of His Word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, we give you great thanks for the power of your written Word. We give you great thanks for the abiding presence of your Holy Spirit here in this place. We just ask now that you would fill this place full of your very being that you would speak to the hearts of all of us gathered here. 
I pray that I would be hidden behind you and that only those things that you want brought forth today are that which is proclaimed from this pulpit. Prepare our hearts to receive. Strengthen our hearts to believe. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And amen. says, Jesus was setting out on a journey, and a man ran up to him and knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You know, everyone here has heard the, the fullness of the gospel. You, you know what it takes to, to be saved, what it takes to be born again, what it takes to inherit eternal life. But this young man came truly asking because he had done what he was supposed to do in the culture that he was raised in and yet he felt a lack he felt a lack what shall I do to inherit eternal life And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? I don't know about you, but when I hear that, that kind of baffles me a little bit. I mean, because we all think of Jesus as being good. And, And Jesus says, Why do you call me good? He says, Because no one is good except God alone. I believe Jesus was wanting to know who the rich young ruler was, this this young man who was asking the question, who do you think I am? Do you only see me as a good teacher? Or do you see me as the Christ? Do you see me as the Son of God? Or do you see me simply as someone who has good sayings and as a good teacher? I think this young man fell short in the, in, as to who he really thought Jesus was. I think he saw him as a good man. I think he saw him as a good teacher. But Jesus was trying to get him to move to the next level in faith. Because he was going to have to take that step to be able to go to the place that Jesus was going to require of him. You and I, who are born again, I'm going to tell you, He's constantly wanting to stretch us and and bring us to a new level in our faith. He doesn't want to leave you simply at saving faith. He wants you to be one who is able to walk as an overcomer because life is going to throw things at you. And if, if you're always just a babe in Christ... Things are going to get tough. You're going to be challenged. This young man was about to be challenged. About to be challenged. Jesus says, You know the commandments, which he did. And then Jesus said, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. 
And then he said, do not defraud, which was not part of the commandments. And then he says, honor your father and your mother. Jesus said these things that this young man was already aware of. And his response was, these things I have kept from my youth all the way up till now. I've continued to walk in them. He was just like all of the, 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 the normal good and religious people of his day. If I don't do it in my practice, of, 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 if I don't do it openly, if I don't go through the motions of it, then I've not committed the sin. But Jesus is speaking of something inside. The Pharisees thought they didn't do any, didn't break the Ten Commandments either. But Jesus spoke to them. He says, you're whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. Outside you might look good because the whitewash is put on. And a lot of us, we look good on Sundays. But don't be filled with dead man's bones. He's called us to walk the resurrected life. One where we are overcomers that no longer does sin, even in our innermost being, overtakes us. Jesus, looking at him, felt love for him. And that's one thing about Jesus. Even in the midst of, of, of uh, those who uh, don't measure up in some way, he looks at them with compassion and with love. Because that's not where he wants to leave us. He doesn't want to leave us in our shortcomings. It says he looked upon him with love. And in that, Jesus gave him these words. He says, One thing you lack. Go sell all you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. He's asking the same thing of you and I. Now, to this rich young ruler... His wealth and all his possessions were the things that he cherished the most. These were the things where he found security. These were the things that he had his identity in. You and I, we've got stuff compared to the rest of the world, we're rich. But in reality, amongst some others in our, in our country, we're just regular folks if Jesus asked us to sell all that we possessed and come follow him I don't, I don't know how many that would thin out of this crowd today but it probably would have an effect as to who was here next week but what he's really asking is to give up your old life that's what he's really asking. Those things 
that you had your identity in before. Those things that you felt proud of and secure in. He's asking to give those things up. Those things where you were comfortable. Those things that you felt you could live life with some control over the situations that you're going through. Jesus said, sell all you possess, give it to the poor, come follow me. And today he's asking you to give up that old life. Those things that you used to find security in, but didn't give you any peace in all reality. It would give you false sense of peace, a false sense of, of security. And he wants to give you a new identity in him. And he says, come follow me. Jesus was the master. And those who followed him were disciples. They were apprentice. (laughs) They were learning his craft. They were learning how to die to self. They were learning how to look at the world through God's eyes. They were learning how to hear people's hurts. Even though they may not vocalize them but to hear what they're not saying and learn how to love them and have compassion for them but verse 22 says but at these words this young man was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property You know, one of the things I notice with people who grew up in church, they have very little, and came from a good family. Let's also add that. Came from a good family. They're, They're in church every Sunday. They feel good about who they are. They're respectable in their community. But they sure have a hard time taking inventory of who they really are spiritually. They think because they grew up in church. They think because they've never been arrested. Heck, they've never even been pulled over for speeding. They've never ran. A, they've never. They never rolled through a stop sign. They're good people. They don't have anything to repent of. They grew up in church. They've always been saved. They've never been lost. He says, I want you to give up that old life. Come follow me. But this young man was saddened at the words that Jesus said to him. And it says he went away grieving. He was hurting over the fact that he could not do what Jesus asked of him. Because he loved 
his life the way it was more than what Jesus was going to offer him. And he gave up eternal life for the life that he had. And Jesus looking around said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it will be for those who think they're good. Who have no need of a savior because they're good. The disciples were amazed at the words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. And then he said this, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they said, and they were all the more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? See, we have to understand the culture of the time. In Jewish culture, if you were blessed with wealth, that meant that God favored you. They viewed it as that you were one of the ones that did what was right and God was blessing you because you were living right. They didn't understand how the kingdom worked. They had a warped understanding of how the kingdom of God worked. Then who can be saved? Because the fact that people had wealth, that shows that God was blessing them. They were God's own. Looking at them, Jesus said... With people it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. You and I can't get to heaven doing it our way, on our terms, living our life. We can't get there. There's only one way. That we trade in that old life for new life in Christ. That we allow Him to make us new. That we become a new creation in Christ. That He transforms our heart. That we see things and we speak things differently. That which flows out of us, rivers of living water because... We are continually being fed by His Word, guided by His Spirit, being transformed by the power of the Word in our lives. But with God, all things are possible. He can take that one who is hard, that one who is self-sufficient, that one who doesn't need a Savior because He's got it all under control. And he can reveal who he really is 
or who she really is. And can give them new life, life eternal in Christ Jesus. But Peter, he began to say to him, Behold, Lord, we've left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive 100 times as much in the present age houses brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and farms, along with all these things. You and I, we might be as brave as Peter. Peter thought, well, Lord, if those people can't get into heaven, and they're not going to measure up, we've left everything. I've left my fishing business to follow you. I've left my family to follow you. And Jesus starts out with truly. You know, when Jesus says this, you know, I mean, everything he's going to say is true anyway. But when he says truly, he's saying, now, this is a true saying here. Pay attention to it. Peter, you're not losing anything. Peter, you're gaining more than you ever thought you were giving up. You know, some of you have troubles with your family members. Some of you, your family wants nothing to do with you. Others of you, you're, 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 you're not in that position. Your family loves you and cares about you. Your family's constantly reaching out to you. But some of you, you know what it's like when your family doesn't want you or you don't have them in your lives. You know how hard that is. But Jesus says this, anyone who has lost any of that for the sake of the gospel, you're going to get it 100 times more. You become part of a new family. You become part of the body of Christ. You have people who if they're truly born again, if they are truly a new creation in Christ, they are not going to abandon you just because you messed up. They're going to be there for you with unconditional love. Now that doesn't mean there isn't some discipline that comes along with it. There will be. But it's to get your attention. You are missing the mark, the high calling that Christ has called you to. The blessings that are yours, you're missing if you continue to walk in this. Because there's great blessings for being part of the family of God. That means you're part of the kingdom of God. That means you have life eternal. That means everything that you have previously had lack in, you no longer have lack. You have abundant life in Christ. Abundant life in Christ. And then Jesus finished up with this. 
But many who were first will be last, and the last first. Again, picking up off of a message that we spoke last week. You and I have to understand that the kingdom of God is completely upside down from the rest of the world, the way it functions. It doesn't look like it at all. Those who are first in this life will be last in the next life if they've never given their life to Christ. But those who seem like they got the short end of the stick in this life are going to be repaid many times over in the life to come. And they're going to be elevated and lifted up in so many ways that we can't even begin to comprehend it and understand it. But that's the reality of the kingdom of heaven. It's so much different from the world that we live in. But I want to tell you, you and I can be part of it today. The kingdom of heaven is not something that is out there for tomorrow. But I have chosen to live in it today. It dwells in me. I share it with someone else. And the kingdom just entered wherever I walked into Not because I'm Jesus, but because Jesus is in me. The kingdom is not just a fantasy. It's a reality. And it begins today if you accept it. And wherever you walk, you become an ambassador of the kingdom. And you share the good news of the kingdom. The one of hope. And the promise of eternal life. The promise of eternal life. Those who are first will be last. And those who are last will be first. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. We just give you thanks that you... uh, in no way have left us out of your plan, but you have written us right into the game plan in all aspects. Open our eyes so that we're able to see the truth that you've called us to new life in you, that no longer do we have to continue to walk in the past and be controlled by the past, but we can walk in the newness of life that is found in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it's not just for those who seem to be blessed in this life with material things, but that you long to bless us not only materially but also spiritually. We know that those who are in Christ, our needs will be met and you will give us abundance so that we're able to bless others. Lord, we just pray that you would bless us so that we could be a blessing to others, that we may open the doors with the way you have blessed us, so that they so others can see the truth of the gospel message, that they may come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Strengthen us, help us to walk it out in our everyday lives, that we would not be people that are downtrodden and beaten up by the enemy, but that we are overcomers. That we are overcomers 
because you have written it into our hearts and you have sealed our identity in you. Have your way in our lives this morning, Holy Spirit. Conform us to the image of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name and amen.